Welcome to Career Pod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is a member of the Career Pod team, Mr. Gary Walrap. Today we will speak with Judith Bowman, an entrepreneur and founder, president of Protocol Consultants International. Judith's company offers specialized training in the soft skills area of business. Judith, welcome to Career Talk. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me, Gary, and I'm delighted to participate with you to help people uh, with their career choices. Okay. Um, let's start with, uh, you know, your background. I'd like to learn a little bit about your your early life and your educational preparation. Okay. Thank you for asking. So, um my, in terms of my technical education, I uh, graduated from Boston College and went to Harvard, uh, the extension program. In terms of my real life education, I, I must say that came from, in terms of my career, uh, from my home life. I came from a family of five uh, children, and uh, my parents were very um, you know, rules-oriented. My father came from a very humble um, beginnings uh, with in, in his own life and found himself became a very successful real estate developer. That was my very early life preparation. It was just all sort of ingrained in me. All these people skills were ingrained in, in all of us growing up. So that as I, uh, as, after I graduated from college, I became involved in the world of uh, sales and marketing of intangibles. I would wine and dine these senior level CEO people, and I'd be sitting across the table from the president or CEO of ABC company, and I would notice what I call the, and I say this very gently, respectfully, the banjo grip, you know, the double fist uh, on the utensils, and I would silently, you know, okay, I would silently say, oh my, to myself, this is the president of ABC company, and they have forgotten how to hold a fork and knife. And I thought to myself silently, right, you know, oh, okay, there's a need. And the number one rule of sales is identify the need. So I thought there's a need. And someday when I'm in the position to, I will, you know, either reinforce, remind, or guess what, teach the basics of dining or conducting oneself, et cetera. Uh, and so that I, it was implanted in my head. And I just, and so as that evolved and, uh, I did see the need. Um, uh, I had the opportunity after I had my son to start the Etiquette School of Boston. And um, would you like that story now? Or <laughs> um, so, okay. So I started the Etiquette School of Boston, teaching the basics of etiquette and dining to children, teens, and young adults. I was one-on-one, Gary, I could speak with anyone, but with a group, I was petrified. And so... So I thought, well, I'll start with the kids. I'll make every mistake. And um, so I was six or seven months into my business at working out of the colonnade. Unbeknownst to me, in one of my young adult classes was a reporter who ended up writing a story that landed on the front page of one of the Boston papers, headlined something like, Woman Makes Living Teaching Manners to Children. Okay, so a couple of... Re- Yes, yes. So, but some really fun things happened as a direct result of that. One, 
the paper sold out. Two, I received a call from three Fortune 500 CEOs themselves basically saying, can you do for our seasoned executives that which you do for the children? <laughs> so I wasn't really ready to go corporate, but you know, Gary, if anyone says to you, can you do X, sure. you don't say you, no. You had a, a lot of courage. Sure. You had a lot of courage to do that. Figure it in out. In the beginning, you know, taking those breakthrough uh, steps. So, yeah. So, well, thank you for saying that. I that I my very first uh, corporate class was then on because CBS uh, sent in a film crew from New York, and we filmed our very first corporate class. It was a mock class uh, at Wentworth, and I was told to get together fifty friends, and uh, at the last minute, which was no small feat, and we had a, a, a mock class on national television, and I was very relieved when that first uh, corporate class was over with. Sure. And I never went back. I mean, I never looked back. And I've been corporate ever since. I'm, I'm working with students, obviously, in colleges and universities presently. But um, that was my early sure. life and uh, preparation. Judith, I know as, as your uh, business developed, uh, you started to formulate uh, different skill sets and competencies. Could you take us through some of the, you know, the basic uh, competencies that you offer. Thank you for asking, Gary. So, yes, professional presence is our main competency, something that, that we used to call business etiquette. And as we right. have suggested, you know, that sure. E word, etiquette, gets sort of a bad rep. We're, we're all about people skills, the soft skills. So my own clients, my corporate clients in Fortune 500, Fortune 5 firms, actually told me that they would prefer that I use the, the term professional presence. So under professional presence are topics that include, you know, it's all about the nonverbal, but excuse me, 55% is verbal, 38, um, excuse me, visual, verbal, and then content is only 7%. But we basically talk about, um, you know, everything from interviewing to networking skills, business card exchange, eye contact, body language, gender issues, um, professional presence is one competency. Dining savvy, dine like a diplomat, conducting business in a okay. social setting is another competency. International protocol awareness is another competency because, of course, we're global. Presentation skills is another because we all present, if you will, every day. And, uh, and then telephone skills and telephone techniques, which is so big, especially now, uh, coupled with Zoom, um, is is huge. So those are basically our, our five competencies um, to which we also provide yeah, certification. I know it's another topic. Is there a national association that uh, offers these certifications? And and are you are you in a position where you can uh, really take people who want to be in this field and train them and certify them? Yes, thank you uh, for asking, Gary. So protocol certification is a must. Uh, when I started and was knocking on the doors of uh, the types of companies that I wanted to hire me, uh, they basically said, what is your credential? And as we all know, there are people who hang out a shingle and call themselves an expert or a consultant in XYZ, and their background does not support that. So I, in order for me to be hired, I may have had a background being brought up like this. I may have devoured every piece of reading material, every book, every everything that I could have to learn and to distinguish um, 
I still needed a certification, a credential. And so I, at the time, there were only two places in the country that provided it. And uh, where I attended uh, was a debacle. It was a horribly embarrassing, horrible experience that we won't go into now. And I vowed to myself that that would never happen to anyone uh, within my control again. So when the time was right, I actually uh, founded Protocol University and we provide, I provide protocol certification for those who are interested in getting involved in this industry. Uh, the, the people skills industry, professional presence, um, or train the trainer with other companies or uh, just as an addendum. As an, so it's basically three and a half days uh, of certification and uh, a lot of recommended reading, a lot of, you know, after the three and a half days, obviously people, you don't have the skill, you know, it's going to take a couple of months to learn the information, to practice it, to own it, to ramp up. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, identifying clients is another whole uh, topic uh, and, and a very interesting story about how, how that happened for me. But um, sure. So and yes, I do get a piece of paper, a credential, an actual credential. So uh, so what happened, um, I was, uh, you know, probably well, there are different threads, but the one that I'd like to share that to me resonated was I was trying to. Uh, I, I, in identifying the various industries, I knew that one industry in particular was a huge niche for this, this business, for the, for our message. And that would be financial banking and financial services. And I would knock on the doors. I would pick up the phone and call. I would have doors slammed in my face, almost literally, <laughs> not quite literally, uh, and phones in my ear. And again, not quite literally, but people just weren't interested. It was, you know, there are a lot of egos involved in that business series, you know, and respectfully. Uh, and it's, you know, we don't need this. And so I just, I all but gave up on that industry. And out of the blue, I received a call from a woman who was the assistant to the national sales director of a major uh, financial services firm inviting me in for an interview that this gentleman was considering bringing these programs on board with his sales staff. After meeting with him, um, we did what we call a pilot program. And that was the beginning of the story. The, I mean, it's just that this gentleman became my champion. And this is what I want to alert your audience to. We all need a champion. You know, some people call them mentors and people will help them. But if you to identify someone who is a champion of you, and your message in their industry, their field, the whole thing just networks itself out, as, as is evidenced by me. I mean, we basically took an idea, made it into a business, and was embraced by, by one person, one key person who happened to believe in, in trust and establishing trust and, and knew the importance of critical interpersonal relationships and growing relationships. And uh, which is what the world is about, you know, even more so today, and uh, and helped advance my message. So it became uh, a word of mouth that became, uh, I, I have done never done any advertising. And uh, by having one person, you know, champion you, and then you set the tone, you get your message out there, you walk the talk, you are the brand. So the character, the integrity, the respect, the ethics that you hold, 
that you carry, that you embody from the minute you walk out the door in the morning, which is attire is another whole topic, um, is, uh, is imperative. But um, having a mentor, having a champion uh, and word of mouth is so key. Yeah, that was very well said. Uh, you know, and uh, in terms of what comes to my mind is business dress. And to me, a major uh, transition over the last 25 years has been from the, the suit for a man with a suit and women with a with a dress or, or a pantsuit uh, to the point where it's now called business casual. Mm-hmm. It's gotten a lot more casual. Uh, and different parts of the country even stress that more, like the West Coast is very, very more casual. Could you just speak to that uh, for a second? Yes, absolutely. So uh, professional business attire has gotten um, has caused great consternation uh, and confusion. And so, you know, so we have always said, and I use the Queen's we, so it's me, myself, and I, but it's we because I don't want to say the I, me, me, me. So <laughs> we have always spoken to, uh, to the fact that, you know, always dress an notch above in terms of you represent, you are the consummate professional in your field, or you want to establish yourself as that. And I, I'm a big fan of Shark Tank. I was watching the Shark Tank, and um, one of the sharks had said, it's not one notch above. I think it was Barbara uh, Corp- Corcoran said, dress two notches above. And then someone else, Kevin, you know, one of the others said, dress three notches above, you know, your, your present audience, you know. And so uh, just to reinforce that notion. So, you know, the way you dress, there's a, a gentleman, UCLA's Albert Moravian has something known as the Moravian Rule that I spoke of briefly earlier, that to which we espouse. So whereby 55, 55% of you and your presentation to the world is visual. 38% is verbal, meaning that it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And only 7% is content, meaning despite all the amazing book knowledge, technical expertise, schooling, education that you've invested in, have worked so hard for, 55% of others' perceptions of you, and perception is the reality, is how you look. Therefore, how you dress, especially for the women out there, is key. Knowing that, for example, plunging backs and necklines and short, tight uh, skirts and stiletto heels and fishnets and you know, thing, basic. So, the, you know, and it's confusing because we all watch television and we all open magazines. And, and women, I believe, are genuinely confused by what they see on television as a television judge or lawyer wearing those types of things. And those movies are trying to sell uh, audience. And then you go in stores or in magazines and, and remember that Hollywood and as well as retail stores are trying to move products. So it's it's really confusing for women where professional attire is so basic. It's so simple. And just knowing the primary colors of black, navy blue, charcoal gray, and pinstripes are classic. And, and you can have your personality on any of that. But um, anyway, just that's another whole topic. But professional attire well, is crazy. Judy, I wanted to... Uh 
say something that is relevant to uh, what you just said about uh, the presentations. And I have done a lot of interview training myself. And uh, there's a there's a saying um, that when an interviewer sees you enter the room, they see you at twelve feet, and they make that snap judgment. You know, mm-hmm. they will. Mm-hmm. But then they they'll, they'll shake your hand. That's and be like twelve inches from you, mm-hmm. and then the first twelve words that you speak. So it's twelve, mm-hmm. twelve, twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I use that as a way to uh, pretty much say what you just said in in better language. I'd have to say, but uh, well, no, I love that. I haven't heard the twelve, 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 but I love that. And just to echo that and the importance of that. As a former pageant uh, contestant, as a former pageant judge, I will never forget um, being a um, uh, the first time that I was working with the pageant contestants. And I went up to very naively approached one of the more seasoned judges who was a judge at every competition. And I very naively, naively said, you know, I've been working with these women. Uh, they're all beautiful. They're intelligent. They're um, articulate. They're, how do you decide? who's the best, you know, who's to win, right? And this gentleman looked at me, Gary, I will never forget. And he said to me, Judy said, I'm going to tell you something. If you repeat it, I'll deny it. But he said, and of of course, there's the interview process, which is huge. However, he said what you and I are saying. I know who the winner is the moment she walks in the door and sits down in front of me. So, you know, we're talking about first impressions, you know, the, the, your comportment, your confidence that you exude, your pleasant, natural facial expression, the way just everything, your body language, the way you're dressed. And that first impression, which is what we're all about here in terms of uh, executive presence, is what we're talking about. And then your speech, you know, it's, it's not what you say, it's, it's how you say it. So, uh, so we spoon feed nuances, very specific nuances to people, whether they're going to a business meeting or a boardroom or an interview or a, a business dinner, if whether they're the host or the guest, so that they're totally confident that every single thing they're doing and saying is within acceptable codes of conduct and behavior, right, that most of us don't even consider. Because once we're aware that this is appropriate, this is inappropriate, slurping, you know, using a full fist when you're drinking out of your glass, you know, uh, just little, the little things are everything. You know, it's the little things in a marriage, in a relationship that break up marriages. It's not your, your book knowledge that's going to get you, but it's the little things because leaders exemplify and embody everything having to do with people's skills. And this is all about how to show, show and earn respect at the same time while establishing trust and advancing critical interpersonal relationships with prospective employers, prospective clients, with friends uh, and colleagues. Judy, on your point, um, oh, maybe about uh, 10 years ago, there was a fantastic book uh, called Blink. And Blink uh, basically uh, has a philosophy uh, that the first Five to ten seconds when you meet someone, mm-hmm. you make you make a subconscious judgment based right. on a, a lot of things. But right. it's a fantastic book, and yeah. I just wanted to say to the uh, to the listeners, um, 
it, it's really on point with uh, Judith's philosophy. Well, thank you, Gary. And to add to that, uh, when I started my business, there was a woman named Camille Lavington who wrote the first three seconds. And I said, I've got okay. I read her book. She's been yeah. the first three, right? Similar to Blink. And I got on a plane and uh, I scheduled an appointment, got on a plane and met Camille Lavington because I was so taken, so impressed with her message. To me at that time, it was, it was, I mean, it still is, but it's to think of that, to think of that. All the years that we're in school and all the people and all the advice and all the books we've read and all, you know, it comes down to you being judged. We're being our perception and perception is reality again, you know, by within seconds. So yes. putting it all together, yes. you know, and getting it right the first time cannot be yeah. overstated. Sure. That's fantastic. Uh, Judy, uh, being a uh, sort of an originator and you created this this field, uh, uh, have you published uh, any works relevant uh, to the field? Yes. Thank you for asking. So my first book, Don't Take the Last Donut, <laughs> not my uh, okay. idea for the title, but, uh, you know, one that I guess has mar- mass market appeal, has uh, been very successfully received. And I'm very proud and humbled to say that uh, that I'm still getting royalties on that. But Don't Take the Last Donut is my first book. My second book is How to Stand Apart at Work, subtitled Transforming Fine to Fabulous, said just like that. And uh, that is written in a fine versus fabulous, if you will, format to address the on-demand ethos of today. And it includes an entire chapter that almost became a book on dining. Yes. That's that's fantastic. Now Thank that you. you make presentations, uh, I would imagine, have you presented uh, different parts of the country, uh, you know, about your philosophy and your and your books? Yes, thank you. So I'm uh, I work all over the country. I'm, I'm invited to you know within companies and and giving keynotes and things like that all over the country. Um, it's it's interesting that, um, you know, we're talking about with ourselves as we're constantly, I know myself, I'm constantly working on self-improvement, a never-ending process. And um, so, you know, I was considering, uh, just to add to that, you know, several years ago, actually a friend called who uh, became a client or vice versa and uh, told me to read the book, Blue Ocean Strategy. And now, have you read that book? So. Blue Ocean Strategy, if I may, um, is all about kind of reinventing. And just to give a quick synopsis, it's all about, you know, for example, when the, when the first circus came to town, let's call it Apple Circus, and they, the circus had, you know, popcorn, candy, and lions, and a trapeze artist. And that was a success. It was family entertainment. It addressed a need. And it was $12. So it was affordable. There enters competition. So. Barnum and Bailey or another, you know, entered and they had popcorn and candy and and trapeze and they added lions and tigers and bears and they added sausage and hot dogs and whatever. And, you know, and, and, and so then the competition competes the price. And finally, there was so much, and especially with animal rights and elephants, that the prices kept going down, profits kept going down. And um, so, you know, what to do? Because no one in that industry was making any money. So, excuse me, part of Blue Ocean Strategy was, and at the time, this was in 2008, with the economic debacle, when everyone was reinventing themselves. 
And so, uh, so, so enter Cirque du Soleil. So if you know Cirque du Soleil, it's where it's a form of entertainment that I, I was first introduced to it in Las Vegas when I was there on a trip. And um, it's the four seasons are presented almost concurrently on stage. So you'll have ice skating and a winter scene at one time. The stage may change, you know, five minutes later in a blink of an eye, you're in a desert in the Sahara with sun and sand and heat. And it's, you know, so it's the four seasons. And the ticket price wasn't 12 or $24. It was, you know, $84. But they were selling because it addressed the basic need of family entertainment only in a different, on a different level. So, so I closed the book and I thought, how does that apply to me? So I thought, well, 2008, the economy is going down the tubes. You know, what are we going to do? So we came up with what they today call micro learning. So we condensed our, you know, a, a topic that might take 20 or 30 minutes in a classroom, excuse me, to cover. And we had it, we produced it in, uh, in a five minute vignette. So, uh, so we have those available, and that's an example of, of of innovation and keeping up with the times, and something obviously that's being that's very popular today. Uh, Judy, I'd I, I'd like to talk a little bit about um, uh, satisfaction. If, if you could indicate, what's your biggest satisfaction uh, in in your business? Oh my gosh! Thank you for asking. So, I am I am heartened. And uh, just so gratified, personally gratified when I uh, when I get beautiful, you know, these beautiful notes, personal notes, handwritten yes. uh, emails, telephone calls of people thanking me for transforming their lives. I mean, th- you know that I mean, when you hear that someone that that you have the capability to help someone's life improve and be better and you know it's just so gratifying and heartening and that's you know this is as an entrepreneur not every year is a banner year but it's, sure. uh, you know it's 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 so heartening to know that um you know that it's that our message is so well received the flip side is frustration, and I, we all have that as part of our life as well. So could you reflect on that? So, yes, I mean, of course, you know, being frustrated, um, you know, in 2008, a perfect example of, you know, what I just shared in terms of reinventing and creating the micro-learning um, bites. And now, you know, with, with what's going on with COVID and the pandemic, uh, you know, I think everyone's kind of scrambling to learn technical uh, uh, capabilities that they didn't really dream they would be using. So we're actually conducting programs and uh, almost finished certifications uh, online and through Zoom and developing. In fact, we just wrote our most recent newsletter on Zoom protocol. And because there are just so many uh, just almost you know, just ridiculous things going on out there. People, you know, we don't, we're not aware that the lens is on. And so, you know, attending, attending a meeting on Zoom, Gary, is like attending a meeting one-on-one only on steroids. <laughs> so all of, all of the rules, if you will, governing boardroom protocol, interviewing skills are, uh, you know, it's they're heightened. They're only reinforced. So it's, there's a terrific opportunity for us to all to be aware of our, behavior and conduct. And um, so that's another area. 
Uh, Judith, if if uh, if you met someone um, and they said, "Gosh, I I like your business. I like your field. I think I have the basic qualities." Uh, what would you advise them in terms of, uh, you know, being in this field? So this is a this is a fantastic field. It's an unusual field. It's a highly specialized field, and um, so the very first uh, word of advice I would suggest is to get your credibility statement. And, um, you know, I mean, aside from being credentialed, which is was everything to me, I, I was not, I was in no uncertain terms. I was told, you know, you will not be hired unless you are credentialed. I mean, it's, it's as important as, as get, having your BA or, you know, MBA in other industries, if you're going to be a doctor or whatever. So, but um, it, more than that, it's really living it because you cannot uh, profess to talk about respect and earning trust and um, and not embody uh, the same in your everyday lives. You know, if you're rude to people, um, you know. So it's 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 really it's a very um, you know it's a wonderful wonderful opportunity. I love it. Um, just it's you know, to really be a positive force in, you know, every day with people, you know, with, um, you know, those you interest, not just in business, not just in the boardroom, but every single day to have the opportunity to extend yourself and, and help another, you know, especially today, it's, it's so competitive out there. It's, you know, we're all multitasking and trying our best to deal with things and, you know, being aware of, um, of our behavior and respecting other people's behavior and being aware of words that we choose to use and being positive, you know, being positive is, is contagious. If there's a positive force and a negative force in the same room, positive wins every time we as people, you know, we're naturally drawn toward positive people and positive energy. It's true. So uh, being a positive force is such a gift to be able to, you know, to be that and to see how you affect other people uh, professionally and personally, it's a gift. And it's, but it's something that I, you know, we all need to continually work on and, um, and be aware of. Uh, in terms of uh, stories, funny stories, interesting stories, uh, can you just tell us about one of those types of stories? A story that I love to share is um, uh, a friend of mine called me and she was, um, she had an introduction. She was working with one of the princes of Saudi Arabia who was here for a medical reason. And um, the the two princesses, now this was pre-Arab Spring, had started a school right. in Saudi Arabia and they wanted to learn, they wanted to add tea, you know, how to serve tea. So we sure. met, and it ended up ended up working. We worked with them six or eight times, and invited ended up inviting the entire royal family to our farm when I used to live in Rhode Island, um, and had the great honor and uh, and privilege of hosting uh, the royal family uh, there. So I mean, you never know where this business may take you. You never know where we're going to be, where life takes us, and sure. uh, and being in this business is so much fun. Sure. In terms of luck, either good luck or bad luck, uh, has that impacted your career? Well, you know, I thank you. Uh, the I, I'm Irish, <laughs> so I'll always, you know, look through a bit of a stroke of good luck. But I'm also a very spiritual woman, and I believe in in uh, you know 
divine guidance and my faith has been strong. But, you know, I, but I do have to say, you know, the success, whether it's this business or any business, isn't luck. I mean, maybe being at the right time at the right place was having, you know, the gentleman call me a, a stroke of luck. You know, I think I'd put it out there. You know, it really works. Um, just making the calls, getting yourself out there, living it, embodying your message, um, and uh, and really wanting to succeed. So much of, of any of our businesses is is um, being motivated to to do the work. And uh, I remember reading um, many years ago Lee Iacocca's book, um, and uh, he was asked the question, "What motivates you?" And Lee Iacocca said, "Fear." fear of failure. And fear is a great motivator, you know, for many, right? And so, but people need to be motivated and, you know, does luck happen? I'm sure, you know, lucky stars, guardian angels, you know, and all that. Yes, all good. Prayers, absolutely. Um, But, you know, but good old fashioned work and doing the work and making the calls and getting out there and, and dressing appropriately and, body language and treating people with respect and, and being a resource yourself. It isn't all just about what's in it for me. It's how can I help you? Because sure. Always comes back to you. On that point, uh, should uh, a listener um, to this career part episode want to get a hold of you, uh, want, want to reach uh, protocol cult consultants international. Uh, how would they do that? Thank you, Gary. So our website is protocolconsultants, with an S, dot com. And uh, my direct number is 617-592-2101. Thank you for asking. Okay. Well, uh, Judith, I want to thank you for providing this insightful information about your very specialized and unique field. And I think... uh, if anyone is interested in this field, you've given them some, some great information. And uh, once again, I'd like to thank you and have a great day. Well, I appreciate your kind invitation. I'm so pleased to be a part of this and I uh, hope give whatever direction in terms of, um, of, uh, of guidance or career guidance. So thank you, Gary.